This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Peralt. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, man? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Yeah, we're late. Get over it. Relax. How are you? Welcome into a Monday edition of the Bostonian versus the book. You guys get all pissed off now. We're two minutes late and all of a sudden we're angry. We're putting things on the YouTube chat. Relax. We're always going to be here every Monday through Friday. We were doing some technical stuff from behind the line and Dave's wearing a Bama hat on the day of the national championship game. Mm -hmm. Dude, you haven't been with me on these days out of the gate. You've been with me like 45 minutes into the show when I have a chance to like calm down, <laughs> you're getting full on unfiltered raw dog. Me today. I am fired up on a big level after last night. How are you? I'm exhausted after last night. Are you kidding me? That was crazy. What a day of football. Um, all predicated when Jacksonville beats the Colts. Gives my Steelers a shot. The Steelers look like they're going to lose the game to the Ravens. They don't. Then we build up all this stuff. The Rams and the the, the 49ers come back from down 17-0. I'm walking around downtown because I can't talk on the, on the Twitter spaces. We're doing Twitter spaces, giving out winners and all this other stuff. Get to recover and just say there ain't going to be no tie. There ain't going to be no tie. There was almost a tie. You And now you're fired up. I'm exhausted. Oh, I can't wait. I, I got to ramp up my level right now. Let's I'm go. fighting with Bill Barwell on Twitter. I'm going back and forth <laughs> with the world. You I mean, fight with Barwell? Oh, what yeah. He's doing? a front, front page article on this, and he's dead wrong on, 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 on all of this. He's trying to – all these analytical dweebs are all in love because their pretty boy is getting exposed today, and they're going, wait, we have to protect Brandon Staley. He does what we want him to do, which is basically lose football games. You want to talk about the three most analytical coaches in the NFL, Harbaugh, Reich, and this dude. Where are they today? They're all home. Golfing. They're all home. Yeah, they ain't playing in the playoffs. Anybody want to acknowledge that? Can anybody please acknowledge that the three most analytical coaches in the NFL are where you and I are today doing the same damn thing on Saturday night, watching football? It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I have no – you're right. Like, they're just – Again, I, I there were so many things, I, and we'll get into it here, that happened during Ugh. the game. Like, I just can't. There's no, there's no defense for. I mean, it's just like. Um, so I just finished up a show, and I got asked a very good question by Kevin Rogers from Vegas Insider. Okay, is it um, bad decisions or is it good decisions with bad results when okay. you're talking about? Okay. And he asked me that. And I was like, that's a great question. Well, it is and isn't. Okay. Because here's the point that everyone's trying to make to defend it. Okay. I'm, I don't know how many times I've quoted this book, but I'm going to quote it again. Okay. Everybody should probably read a book by Annie Duke, who's a professional poker player. It's called thinking in bets. 
Hey, if you like it, if you like betting, it's a great book. It's about poker more than anything. It's not really about sports betting, but it's about being able to look back on your decision-making and realizing that the outcome of your decision is not the way you judge your decision. How did you get to make the decision? Don't judge it based upon what happens due to the decision based base your decision-making or judge your decision-making on whether or not you entered into that decision with the right set of thoughts, information, and facts at that time, at that time. And then don't worry about the outcome. Okay. Correct. I am judging Brandon Staley about the outcome, but going into it, it's still stupid. Okay. Because you made a great point to me on Twitter, uh, sorry, on text last night. If Brandon Staley is so gung-ho about analytics and he's down by 15 points and he goes ahead and decides to go for two, cut it to seven, when he scores the game-tying touchdown, the idea is, well, the line analytics, the numbers would state that going to overtime you have a less chance of winning in overtime than you do going for two right there. And he had the game in his hands and he played for the tie and he <laughs> went for, and he went for overtime. Okay. And so I am judging him based on his decision-making all in the time that we know what happens when you go to overtime, you can lose the coin flip, which happened. They could score a touchdown and you never touch the ball, which almost happened for his star quarterback. Almost never touched the ball could have happened in overtime. And yet he chose that it was a better idea for him to go to overtime and kick. All the analytical dweebs are like, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Really? Because the numbers would state otherwise. Am I wrong by that? Because I agree with your text to me that he should kind of peed in their face by saying I'm playing for the tie. So I'm with guys um, at the book who are, like professional betters. These guys are serious, serious gamblers. It's 29-14. We're trying to figure out the math. All right, it's four and a half minutes to go. They can't come back. They, there's just not enough time unless the Raiders go three and out in between. So we're doing it. He scores the touchdown. All right, it's, they're down 29-20. to 20. It's nine points. He's going for two right then. He wins or loses the game on that play because if they don't make the two and Herbert made an unbelievable play, three reads and throws to Eckler on one leg to make the two. If he don't make it, the game's over. There ain't enough time to get two more scores. All right. You try to put yourself in a position to get to within one score. So that decision there is a bad decision, no matter the result. And the analytical people are wrong on this. And I give Al Michaels some credit. Chris Collinsworth pushed back, but Al Michaels was like, isn't the job to get the game into a one score situation? And if you miss it, you're down nine and you need two possessions, meaning you need a touchdown onside kick and another score. You want that? That's what you want to have to have to order to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. But you want to know what you need. I, if I hear that line one more time, know what you need. It's it's I, I want to know I need one score, which is what Al Michaels said. Don't you need one score to go to overtime when you rather score once than twice? Oh, yeah. But you want to know what you need. Anyway, sorry. Continue. That's fine. No, but that. OK, but if you if you don't make it there, you don't have an opportunity to win the game. It's over. You do, you, you you need you need a score, a kick and then an onside kick and then another kick. Like, stop. Like, 
you, you're supposed to go for the one there. And and guys that are moving significant amounts of money know this. I'm watching it know this. He makes the two, and it's like, okay, I don't have any defense for the end. I have no defense. I have no defense for going for it on fourth down from your own 18. That flipped the game at that time. That game was an even game, and that that gave the Raiders life. They held them to um, you know, a field goal, but still, like bad decision after bad decision, no matter the result. I see the result. I know the result now. You got it. You scored on the last play of the game. You scored on the last play of the game. You can win the game with a two-point conversion. You've been going for twos all season. One play. We got it. You're in. You're, the other team is out. No, 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 no. Now that's really means something. Now the factor, the fact that we're not, we're not staying. Came down to nut cutting time. You saw what Brandon Staley was really all about. But, but even think about this though. We know all the. We we just said it. You you make best decision you can with all the information you have. A tie is a win in this situation. So I don't blame him. I don't blame him for kicking it because now he's playing for the tie if he needs to. Okay. The last time out with 38 seconds left, I thought about it all night. I watched it again this morning. I listened to the post game twice. There's no doubt in my mind. No one's going to say it. The Raiders were going to run that ball on third down. Unless he got to the house, they were going to fall down, get up, and go, there's no time left. Somehow a game ends in a tie. Fist bumps, bro hugs, hand pounds. See you later. Enjoy the playoffs. You're welcome. He called timeout. Let's just go through this, okay? Because the Raiders were going to let the Chargers in the playoffs, and I can't believe I'm agreeing with Rex Ryan of all people, but Rex Ryan is right, okay? All of these egghead analytical people that are trying to square the circle so desperately to defend their guy are forgetting a lot of things that were happening in the time of the game. Okay. And you watched it. I went back and watched it as well. When you go through the final drive for the Raiders as to what they were going to do, they got the football and they were going to try to score. I'm not debating the point that the Raiders were trying to win the football game unless there was an easier way if they could kill the clock and if they could get into a situation, the end of that drive had to end with the Raiders in the playoffs. All right. Let's just establish that right there. Yeah. It had to end with the Raiders in the playoffs, how they got there. I don't think they cared what they cared about. What is the lowest, most risk adverse outcome? How can we avoid getting ourselves into a position where we could have a catastrophic injury. Cause you remember our catastrophic situation. Cause if you remember on that drive, Derek Carr almost fumbled the football. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we had a situation where the Raiders or was that the drive before there may be the drive. No, before. there was a drive before that was yeah, the drive before. that set up the, the game tying drive. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. there you go. So, You've seen it where the pass rush almost gets home. So it's like, mm. so the ball's on the first and 10 from the 25 yard line. They get a 17 yard pass play. Then they run Jacobs up the middle. It's second and three from the 49. They go shotgun throw to Richard goes for negative five yards. It's now third and eight from the 44 yard line of the Raiders. Okay. And the clock now, is ticking tick, tick, two twenty two <laughs> tick, 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 when tick, it started. Tick, yeah. tick. Okay. Derek Carr finds Jones. Okay. 
it is an 11 yard completion. They get for a first down two minute warning. All right. Yep. First in 10 at the chargers 45. They run up the middle, negative one yards. Yep. Josh Jacobs gets stopped. Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. The Raiders take their foot off the gas. You see it. You literally see them go to huddle with 11 on the play clock. 10, 9. They come out of the huddle, okay? Sitting, wondering, okay, we're down to 120. All right? We hand off in a shotgun situation, hand off to Jacobs. He runs the ball for seven yards to the 39-yard line. Yep. Play clock's ticking. Play clock's ticking, play clock's ticking. Passaccia's talking to his team, talking to his coaches. He admits it in the post-game press conference. He is talking about a tie. No question. They were, they were he admitted, Derek Carr after the game, Michelle Tafoya talking, everyone saying, okay, guys, we can tie this. Let's no see doubt. what I, do you want to tie? Do, do you want to tie? Because it's what I said to you on the Twitter spaces. You can collude without having a conversation. They you can look just, like they were doing it. You just look across the way and you just go, what are you going to do? And the Raiders were waiting and they admitted it. They were waiting to see if Brandon Staley was going to call timeout because the Raiders were saying, Hey man, this is your call. If you want to play this for real, we'll play this for real. If you want to let this roll out, Hey man, we're cool. Like we can let this roll out. Right. And Brandon Staley decides to call timeout with four seconds on the play clock. Like he panicked, right? Like he panicked. No, 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 no. I, I think it, a could be a panic. B, I think he didn't want to be a part of it. I, I think he did not want to be a part of a tie. And he just wanted to say, we're going to win or lose period. I'm not tying because the idea that he didn't have the right run defense on the field, which is what I said. Post game is asinine. Here's why it's asinine because on the first down play. Okay. The Raiders go for negative one yards. That's a pretty good run stoppage, right? On the second down play, they go for seven yards. Out of shot. Then, then the clock is ticking down. Yeah. If he had the wrong run defense on the field Stop for now. a third and four, then he's an idiot. Then he's it's malpractice from a head coaching perspective. It's complete malpractice. You needed 25, 30 seconds to figure out you had the wrong defensive line in. Like that makes no sense to me whatsoever. He panicked. And he choked on the decision. And I think his coaches were like, hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Clock's ticking down. You got two timeouts. You know, why don't we make them try to make a long field goal? I think that was the idea. He was going to try to make them make a long field goal. But the Raiders weren't going to kick the field goal. Because nope. that timeout was him saying, screw you. We're playing this. You're going to have to make this field goal. You have to knock us out. You, we're not giving you the easy way out. The Raiders wanted the easy way out and the Chargers head coach said, no, if somebody wants to let you in the postseason, don't you let them do it. I don't call timeout. I know that I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wait a second. We, you know, and again, I was in a book and everybody in a book went nuts. So like, what is going on? Because again, third and four, make it, or don't make it. Nobody calls a timeout. The clock runs out. There's no field goal attempt. There's no and play, nothing. And play that out. You're absolutely right. Play that out. So everyone's saying, well, the third down run, he ran for 10 yards. That's what changed the, the calculus for the Raiders. No, 
the timeout changed the calculus because they admitted that their strategy changed after the timeout. So we don't know the play call as to what it would have been on third and four, but we do know that they would have snapped it with one second left on the play clock, which would have been 34 seconds left in the game. Right. All Jacobs does, if he runs, right? Say he runs for 10 yards. The Raiders had to make a decision there. Do we want to take a timeout and kick the field goal? Could they have done it? Yes. Did they want to? It sure didn't feel like they wanted to. No. It sure felt like they were comfortable with that thing just hitting triple zeros and we roll off onto something else. Yeah. And we go and we're both in. And I mean, now, you know, it, it's coming out and, and I didn't know this at the time last night, but if they win, the Raiders win, they play the Bengals. If they, you know, tie, they play the Chiefs. Is that what is that the way it went? Okay, yes, but let's play this out for a second. So you're telling me that a team that flexed to Sunday night whose defense was on the field for 85 plays was picking to go play in the first game on on Saturday? No. No, I think it's ridiculous. If if you're telling me you're picking Cincinnati, that's what you're telling me. You're telling me that the Raiders in that real-time situation decided we're kicking this to play Cincinnati, but we're here on Sunday night. We want to play on Saturday in the first game with our defense that just played 85. No, I'm sorry. That's not true. And by the way, no. The Bengals came to Vegas, whipped the, the Raiders yeah. here. Yeah. Two, two years ago, the Raiders are one in one in their last two trips to Arrowhead. So you play Saturday night, or sorry, Sunday night, if you play the Chiefs, and you know the Chiefs more than you know the, the, the Bengals. Neither one's a good pick. I'm not buying this idea they kicked it because they were choosing to play Hell the no. Bengals because they're choosing to play on Saturday afternoon versus Sunday night. Yeah, sorry. Give me Sunday night. Give me the rest. Give me Josh Jacobs ribs. Give me the time to get treatment, to get everybody healthy, to go and play a divisional opponent whose game plan we already have. We know what they're going to do. We know what they know what we're going to do. It's a divisional game. We know what we know. To, yes, they got killed both times. I understand that. But they did win there last year. None of that was in, even in any part of any discussion going on on that side. Yeah. They were driving. They were doing the math with the clock. And I'm. I'm firmly convinced I watched it multiple times and I'm sticking to this. No matter what happens, unless he takes it to the house, third and four, they get five, third and four, they lose two. Now Staley can be a complete, um, like, you know, jerk and call timeout there and say, now you have to punt. Because now I want now I want a shot with the ball. Okay, you could do that, but you could let the clock run out. The purpose of the season and the regular season is to get to the playoffs. He had it right in front of him. He chose not to be a part of it. Whatever reason, I don't know. Again, you can keep making like you know a lot of people have been making excuses for him. Have been saying this is the math. This is the analytics. This is I'm watching the game. Guys on the sideline. His own guys were probably like, wait, wait, what do we call time out for? We're in. They were. They caught Justin Herbert mouthing, I've never wanted a tie so badly in my life. There's video of Austin Eckler talking to Max Crosby, and he, he goes, we're going to go for the tie. And Max tells him, and he goes, he goes, oh, throws his hands up into the air. Like, the Raiders were playing for a tie. And the reason why they kicked that field goal was because it was to say, F you. You called that timeout? Fine. It recalibrated 
everything. It's kind of like getting smacked, right? You're like, you're like I'm doing, you're ranting and raving and someone's like, bang. And you're like, oh, okay. They snapped the Raiders back into it by calling that timeout. It recalibrated everything. The Raiders were like, hey, I don't want to kick this because we've seen hellacious things happen. I don't want to be the result of, you know, I tweeted this before the kick. Daniel Carlson was is undefeated. Sorry, is, uh, is perfect at home kicking field goals at Allegiant Stadium. Wouldn't it be crazy if the first time the dude misses is right now? And I think that went through everyone's head. Like, okay, what's the simplest way to get to the playoffs? It doesn't matter if the Chargers are in or not. As long as the Raiders are in, they don't care. So they're just going to let it roll. And they were playing a game of chicken. They're staring at Brandon Staley going, how do you want to play this? Because I agree. Like you said, pregame, there's no collusion. There's no conversations. They were just staring at him going, how do you want to play this? It's your decision. You want to let this go? We're not calling timeout. If you don't call timeout, we're tying and we're all going to walk off and we're both in. And three, you know, seven, eight, countdown, six, five, four, timeout. Wait, what? Wait, what? I, I would have loved to have heard the internal clock or the internal conversation going on with Charger players when they heard that timeout being called. Like, wait, what did we just do? Why did we do that? Because answer know. this question, Dave. Why did the Raiders kick? Fourth I don't know. Why did they kick? They did not have to do that. No. They kicked to give them, you know, oh, you guys called timeout? Yeah, that was right. That was, a, that was an FU. Here you go. I no. think it changed everything when he called timeout. They went to that sideline and said, wait a second. This guy's going to call timeout again. We have to get this first down now. Let's run it down their throats. And then what we're going to do, you want to call timeout? Now we're going to take the clock down to two. And we're going to we'll truck call, our kicker we'll call out here. Out. We'll call timeout. We'll out. call timeout. Because they, they were going to kick it. They didn't have to. I mean, it was five, four. The Chargers were out of timeouts. They easily could have let it run down and just said, okay, we're taking a knee. Snap the ball. Take a knee. Yeah. We both go in. Yeah. Could have happened. But because he took that timeout, Basaccio was like, oh, okay. Now you go home. That's it. No playoff for you. Goodbye. It's, it's um, I think it's exactly what happened. I, I mean, I hope that there was sound that's going to come out on NFL films or something on the sideline. Like, I would love to know. I mean, there's guys that know. I agree. But Masaccio was talking. I mean, obviously, he was talking to the coaches upstairs. That's all taped. So we're going to have that conversation come out. Or it's Masaccio is like, what do we do, guys? Want to take, take a tie? Hey, man, like, what's the best case scenario for us? Just it doesn't matter what happens to them. Like, we've got the ball in our hands. Let's just see what they do. And let's just let the clock run. And that third down run would have killed the game. I have no debate in my mind. Even if it goes for 10 that, yards, it kills it. the game. That's it. They walk back to the huddle, most likely. Yep. And unless, you know, he really wants to, really wants to, you know, stick it to him, he lines up and kicks that field goal. But all the all the Chargers had to do was hold him to two yards. They weren't going to kick a 53-yarder. Exactly. That's They were not going to kick not a 53-yarder. 100%. No question. Why risk it? You don't need no to. Chance. It's too dangerous. No chance. It's, it's just too dangerous. It, it's yeah. not worth it. to The risk-reward's not there. It's just You're not already in. Yeah. You're in the playoffs. That's all, it, that's all the goal was that day, was to get in the playoffs. They were in. They were going to snap the ball and go, okay. Peace out. You know, we're going to KC. You guys go to uh, Buffalo, wherever it was headed. Right. See you. Out. Done. 
Good luck to you. We're all good. Yeah. And now Justin Herbert, who converted fourth and 21, fourth and 15, fourth and 10, oh. over and over and over and over Man. again, is not in the postseason because of his head coach. Well, we've seen this happen before where good, good quarterbacks have to win despite their head coaches. And, you know, I mean, you know, have Aaron Rodgers hold Justin Herbert's beer. For a lot of years that he was he was held back from advancing in the playoffs or getting to the Favre? Super Bowl. What's that? What do you mean that Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers was, holding, was being held by back by who? McCarthy. Oh, right, right. Oh, I thought they said Herbert. I was like, wait, what? No, no, well, no. I mean, you know, but I mean, okay, so it's year one for Herbert in this situation. It's, right. He's got a lot of time to build up to it. He was right. unbelievable. He kept getting hit and getting up. He was scrambling and making plays. The throws he was hitting on fourth down were ridiculous. Then the classic have the turf in the helmet, can't get it out. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who I think maybe, I don't know, I, I hate to use that term, earned your stripes, but like he proved a lot to a lot of people in that organization, on that team, and opponents that may have been watching. I know I have an aunt who now lives in Florida. She was up watching the game. She must have called my mother-in-law six times in the fourth quarter going, what if they? she was so mad and, and, and like this could tie? And the Steelers had all that elation and stuff of Steeler fans everywhere. So a lot of people saw that game and came away from it going, what is the coach thinking? And man, this Charger quarterback is good. How much money did the books avoid losing by that tie not happening? <laughs> Did you see like the so you know what what wise guys are doing now is like rather than getting down on straight bets, they're taking things and keying them to parlays. All right. So a lot of people took this tie result that books wanted to put up to generate action. And they did take a lot of straight bets on the yes. So they ended up getting bailed out. But there was a lot of parlays tied to money lines like parlay Jacksonville money line with Pittsburgh money line and the game ending in a tie parlays were paying like 400 to one. Like when you start to multiply all the plus money parlays, there was a lot of money and there were some books that put it out there. I mean, they were taking a huge risk on this because they didn't have two way betting on it. Like the circuit had a yes, no, you could bet that there wasn't going to be a tie. And there were people looking to bring in, like we were doing the Twitter spaces. I had a guy who was in the book with me. It was like, man, if I had a hundred thousand, I would go bet it right now to win five. He's like, where can else can I get 5% interest in three hours? And I'm like, yeah, but what if you lose? And he's like, there ain't going to be no tie. And I was like, you're right. There isn't going to be a tie, but man, that would have been, that would have been I, two seconds away from blowing a hundred thousand. I told you though. That's I what I mean. I know. I it was very it was, possible. It was very possible to it was happen. very possible. So and the, the collusion just, it, it's actually, you know, it's if you ever wonder, like, are games fixed, are games colluded, whatever. Oh. If there was collusion, that game is a tie because there would have been a conversation between the two sides as, hey, look it, if we are in under a minute to go, I told you on the Twitter spaces, I said under a minute to go and this game is tied and we're in overtime. I literally laid it out on the Twitter spaces how it was going to go. I said these two teams very easily could just say we're not going to go for it. 100%. Except Brandon Staley didn't play ball. I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe that there wasn't someone on the sideline or someone in his ear going, man, we got this. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're on to Cincinnati or we're on to, we're on to Buffalo. Like, just, just let it go, seconds. man. He was there, 30 look, seconds from the playoffs. Yeah, like, look, 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 they're just running. Just let them run. 
Let them run. Shit. And you and, and frankly, I would be petrified to play the Chargers in the postseason. That offense Hell yeah. quarterback. Oh the way that they're you got Bosa and company. I I mean, the I mean him not being smart enough or to realize or recognize what was going on. And I agree with Rex Ryan's point on this this morning on ESPN, where he said, we got robbed of Justin Herbert in the playoffs. And that's true Man, because that it would have been awesome to see that dude in the postseason, given what he just did. Oh, would have been super live. I mean, I, I, I don't know what their scenario was, who they would have played, but they would have been super live. I mean, like, because now played, Pittsburgh played the Bengals. They would have played the wherever Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is playing, playing KC. Yeah, they so they would have played Kansas City. They, they would have gone to, to, to Arrowhead. The, the Chargers would have been the bottom seed? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, I'm forgetting this. If, if the, the Chargers were, went to Kansas City. I, see, I don't know how they're both in because if by – depending on who won. So if the Chargers won, the Patriots were going to the Bengals. Right. If the Raiders won, which they did, the Patriots are going to Buffalo. Right. So if both Chargers and Raiders both tie in – I don't know how when both get get in. I don't know how the six seven five six seven was going to play out. So I they guess either, the Patriots Chargers are either going to Buffalo or to Cincinnati, though. One yes. of the two. Yeah. Well, no, because the Patriots turned out to be the five. The, the Patriots would have been the five seed because they had ten wins. The two teams tied. They're nine seven and one. Okay, so they would have been the they would have gone to the three seed. They yeah, the Raiders. Six. Raiders the would Raiders. have been seven. Yeah. And so the Raiders Chargers go to the, Raiders, Raiders go to the Chargers. Uh, sorry, to, to, to the Chiefs and the right. Chargers go to the Bengals. Yeah. And the Chargers beat the Bengals early in the season, didn't they? In Cincinnati. Yep. Badly. Beat them badly. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, they did uh well, I mean, they did the, the, the Chiefs a favor, I think, by getting the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers are the yeah. biggest dog of the week and and they're they're not when going to kill the city and winning. They're, they're yeah, going to get killed. They're gonna it's it's gonna <laughs> be ugly. It's gonna yeah. be one of those celebrations. I, I heard yesterday, um from a Dolphins fan who was actually very encouraged by them winning the game against the Patriots. And he said, well, I remember the last game of uh, Dan Marino's career was a 62 to seven playoff loss. And oh. I hope that um, Ben's isn't as bad, but the Steelers aren't going to score nearly enough points to be able to hang with the chiefs. So, I mean, that one's, it's decided, but yeah, the Raiders did them a favor. I mean, the Raiders did the, did the AFC a favor, by kicking that field goal, keeping the Chargers out of it. Unbelievable. Real quick on this point. We're hearing all sorts of crazy rumors. We'll get to the hiring, firing situation going on across the league here in just mm -hmm. one second. But what do you do with Rich Passaccia, who for the first time in 60 years takes over mid-season and takes a team to the playoffs? They win four games in a row to get in. Yeah. And a team that was picked preseason, six and a half wins was the total, winds up winning 10 games. That's my football coach, man. If that's me... That's my football coach. Like, how much – what do you do when you got things going your way? What did he have working for him at any point in this last month and a half or since Gruden literally got shown the door? What what positive things did he have working in his favor? Was able to keep all this together, close this season strong. He's earned it. Like, he's earned the room. What went on? I mean, those guys believe – that's a different football team that started this season. That's a hundred percent. That's a different football team that started this season. There was not an ounce of selfishness on that team. They're playing for each other. You can tell Carr's grown up. This mm. is the best he's mm. looked leadership wise. He is calm as could be. 
that's coaching too, man. I mean, like it's guys realizing the moment and being this close. I'm impressed. I think you should be the coach, but you know, I don't I'm with you. Picks. What happens if Mike Tomlin's available? Who? Mike Tomlin. The Pittsburgh coach. Well, I didn't hear none of this. I'm not, I don't even want to acknowledge this. To come it to makes, the Raiders? It makes perfect sense for him to leave. He's had one quarterback his entire time in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's why, gonna be rough. Oh, it's why, gonna be rough. Why wouldn't you leave if you're Mike Tomlin? You're gonna have a rough run next year. You said it Nobody yourself. Does you know. this in Pittsburgh? They don't leave do you mean, the Steelers. Yes, they do. If you're Mike Tomlin, why Chuck wouldn't you? Bowl never left. Bill Cower went to the booth. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean Mike Tomlin can't take a look at the fact that he's been the coach for what 14 seasons and he's had one quarterback the entire time. And he looked at the room and says, "We're gonna suck next year." He ain't coming to the Raiders. There ain't no way. I mean, okay. if I was saying, okay. I would be like, all right with it. But w- would you hire him over Passaccia? No. Ooh. No, I wouldn't. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, only because he's here and he's done it, and and it's already it's it's seamless if he stays. Yeah. I mean, you know, because now I got to bring Tom when he got to get the assistance, and like it's going to be pushback from that's, the that's players. Not, no, no, I disagree. What? Keep Passaccia. You just you bring him in. You'd say, "Hey, look at what you know, he's gonna associate, stay." Associate head coach. You bring it. He's a twenty five year lifer. This. I mean, I get he's got the taste of it now and probably wants to be head coach. But Tomlin's got a ring. Tomlin's a Hall of Fame coach. You bring Passaccia's uh, been a guy behind. If, if he even wanted to be a head coach, he would have pushed to be a head coach somewhere. They looked around the room and said, "Who the hell could be the head coach? Uh, the guy with twenty five years of being a special teams coordinator. Yeah, that guy." It, it wasn't like a, they didn't hire Riz Passaccia because of his resume, thinking like this guy's ready. They just hired well, a guy because he had respect in the room, and Mike Mayock thought he was a guy who could handle the job in the interim. It just happened that he got the. I mean, look, it shows how poor a coach Mike, uh, the poor coach John Gruden is, because Mike Mayock's roster is pretty good. I, I like what Mike Mayock built. I said it preseason. Just get these guys to play to their potential. Gruden couldn't do it. Passaccia can keep them. But Mike Tomlin's Mike Tomlin. If he was available, I would keep them both. If Passaccia agrees to it, then I think that's a home run, home run. I mean, but like Passaccia's got the room. Passaccia's yeah, got the yes. building. Like He'd have to bless Tomlin. I agree with you. He'd have to say, oh, I'm yeah. with Mike Tomlin coming in here, and this is great for the organization going forward. And yeah. you know, he, he, he can build this organization. He's won Super Bowls. He's, yeah. you know, he's, uh, he's on that level, so. You always hit me with stuff like I was. I had no idea that it was even coming. Like I hadn't heard that. I can't. I mean, when you say it out loud, it's like you see all these coaches getting fired and all this other stuff. And I hate this day. I always hated this day in the book. Like you know, oh, what are you going to do with this? Like man, it got the body's not even cold yet. Like what are you doing? But this is this is what it does. Black Monday in the NFL. I ain't heard nothing about Tomlin leaving. There's already guys getting fired. Be the first coach, right, to leave Pittsburgh and go coach somewhere else. I mean, it could happen, I guess, but it make a lot know. of sense. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's just it's it's a rumor flying around that that. But I but I think it would make some sense that if Mike Tomlin's going to leave, now is the time to leave and let everything start I over mean, again in Pittsburgh. That's that's. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Man, that's going to be a hard. I mean, that is going to be a hard. 
spot for the Patriots. I mean, does Tomlin want to go through the 79 year with a journeyman quarterback and trying to ride the defense and hope to play, knowing what's in your division, knowing who the Bengals are, knowing who the Ravens are. That's no fun, man. I mean, even the Lions are going to be a tough out. I mean, I mean, there's teams like that that play hard. Like, you know, teams that have, you know, you look at your schedule and you're like, okay, I can get a win here. I can get a win there. It's like, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't really have a chance to beat anybody. I mean, the Browns could recover. I mean, Baker's coming back. So maybe he's healthy. Baker plays better. You mean it. You've seen it firsthand with your team up in New England. Yeah. It's, it stinks. Yeah. And you in that division's way harder than the AFC East. The AFC East got, got two dogs every year. Got a defense. Steelers got a defense again. Of course. Yes. And they can run with Najee. Yes. And they got a runner running back. And this is what Ben Roethlisberger walked into 16 years ago. A strong defense. Yep. They took a rookie quarterback and said, hand it to Bettis. Hand this ball off. Don't turn it over. Stay upright. We'll play defense and keep the games close. I mean, I don't ago. know who the, the quarterback is, the is coming. Totally, I know, but the game was 20 years ago. The game's changed dramatically. It's coming got, back. No, it's not. It. I disagree. The most successful teams can do that if you, if you play good defense, but you're not allowed to hit anybody. Did you see the Cam Hayward hit that yeah. wasn't a penalty? That yeah. was called a penalty. I mean, he blasted the guy. That was an old school football hit, and it was 15 yards. Then you Hit him get, in the head. Then you get the pass interference call at the end of the first half in the Raider game. The ball is uncatchable. It's nowhere near the guy. So the penalties don't change the game. He did, he did tackle him. But, yeah, I mean, I, I understand. I'm just saying it's, it's a different game. It, it, to, to go back and say that, that you could walk out, a rookie can walk in and be this way, knowing the division that you're in, different story. Patriots had four wins guaranteed pretty much there, right? I mean, they're going to win one of the road games. They're going to beat the Jets twice, and they're going to go one and one with the other teams. That's just kind of how they go. And so they, you know, they've got four wins. They're going to go four and two in the division regardless. Steelers can't say that. You can go 0 and 6 real easy in that division. Real easy next year. So that's a huge fear. And you're 0 and 6, you're done. You're not going to the playoffs. 0 and 6, you're done. 0 and 6 in any division, you're done. Yes. Yeah. You're done. So that's, that's the tough, that's the tough one. All right. So Jimmy Garoppolo did something yesterday that was absolutely incredible. I had three bets that all came down to the absolute wire. <laughs> Plus three and a half on the 49ers. Yeah. A teaser with the Bucks and the Falcons at 10 and a half with the Falcons. And that two-point play, I was losing my bleeping mind <laughs> that they were going for two. They got it. It was flagged offsetting they had to kick it so thank goodness they lose by 10 and not 11 because of the extra point or two-point conversion gets missed i missed my teaser i got that so i i had like rabbit's foot i went four and one on prop bets i went seven and one and went nine and two overall yesterday and i had some absolute crazy crazy this one i marked down as a loss i thought i was dead 30 what 48 seconds to go down by seven yeah Jimmy Garoppolo gets a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know how the hell the Rams gave that up. Neither do I. What, does it te- what does that tell you about Garoppolo? Oh, San Francisco is dangerous. And it tells me that as long as um, I give a lot of guys credit in the league that know their personnel and know their guy. And Shanahan is pretty much in tune with Jimmy G. Like, and what, if he's healthy, what he can and can do and should do. And he calls the plays accordingly. And whether Jimmy G executes or not, at least he's put in a position to succeed, I think, more often than not. 
I was impressed. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It, it felt like it was the public dog of the day. Um, the line just kept coming down. And I'm watching the game at the book, and it was 17 nothing. I'm like, they're done. They look done. I mean, this is the rain. Uh-oh, score. Whoa. Oh, boy, here they come. The Rams can't get another point. Like, what? Oh, okay. No, they got it late. All right. Whew. How do people defend Matthew Stafford? Like, how do people still defend Matthew Stafford? Uh, I just don't get it. The picks I, I he threw in the man. second half? Come on. Come I on. Mean, the pick, the pick oh, you and I were talking, you're like, what just happened? And I was like, they threw a pick in the end zone. I mean, that the, the pick on the drive. He threw a ball up for grabs. Like, it was, what are you doing, man? Like, it's, he's just not an elite quarterback. He's a good quarterback, but he makes such boneheaded plays. It's so hard until you go through that process of the playoff game or that grind. I mean, he accumulated a lot of stats in Detroit for a lot of years. He didn't have that run of playoff experience. It's like, like that's the thing I think. I mean, they got the guy, and he looks great in uniform, and him and Cup are unbelievable and stuff. But that picks, he keeps throwing those picks that you know is going to cost you a game in January. You just know. I trust Jimmy G more than I trust Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I agree. But Jimmy Garoppolo does dumb things, but Garoppolo at least will dink and dunk and go, okay, I'll take what the defense is going to give me and try to get rid of the football. Stafford, Stafford thinks because his arm's so big, he can do so many different things. He can throw it around. And he's just like, oh, I'll just, you know, gunsling it down there. And it burns his team all the time. Yeah. I just, I think it's so funny because I, I know some people who are diehard Lions fans who like live and breathe Stafford. He's their Brady. Like they've had nothing good for so long in Detroit that all of a sudden like Stafford's success, he's going to go to LA and win a championship like Brady did. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like it's Matthew Stafford. Okay. This guy is a, he's a starting quarterback. All right. He's, I'll, I'll give you that. He's a starting quarterback, but he didn't walk into the situation. And all of a sudden the Rams were like 10 times better because Matthew Stafford went there and he hurt his team again in a crucial moment. He hurt his team. Garoppolo. I mean, I don't know. He's feast or famine as well. Yeah. But it felt like in the first half, I don't know what their game plan was in the first half, but it wasn't working. And they were, I think they really were afraid of the hand or they didn't shoot the hand up or something. And then in halftime, he was like, you know, cut me Mick and give me the shot or something <laughs> because he came out and he was just like, zip, 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 zip. Like the thumb was fine after halftime because they were down 21, nothing at halftime. And then all of a sudden they were, they were chucking the ball all over the place. Some teams make unbelievable halftime adjustments and Shanahan and the Niners, usually one of those teams. Like you always, and and I know this especially just from doing the lines, like the halftime lines. Like you just kind of weigh a team. Who's a good second half team when they're down? Who's a good second half team when they're up? And you kind of shade that into the lines. And San Francisco's always been in one of those teams, like in your mind. They're like, oh, at least they make adjustments. Like there's other teams, you know, they're down that point. You can mail it in. I mean, there's 17 nothing and it's over. You just know they're not, they may get one touchdown. They'll be lucky to get two, but you know they ain't getting three. Like they and they're not coming back and winning this game. Um, I just it, I can't get over the picks. I just cannot get over the picks now. And and again, we're talking about like you know you started the show with making the right decisions right. with the information you have. Los Angeles Rams to win the NFC, to win the Super Bowl. We have all the information. 
He's had a full season. He's been in high leverage situations in games. We've seen the same things happen over and over, and they have to overcome. They have to overcome. They got the Arizona the first game. If they yeah. win, yeah. they it, right. They of got all the of all the flipping teams they could be put up against. They get the one team that McVay owns who's, in the postseason. Who's right? So they get them, but they're either going to have to beat um, Tampa Bay or Green Bay on, on the road. road. They're getting and they're going to have to beat the other one. Yeah, on the road. On the road. God forbid they see San Francisco down the road. If San Francisco can pull off the two-game parlay on the road and play in the NFC Championship, that would be against the Rams. There ain't no way to Rams. I don't see a path. I put a line through them last night yep. when I looked at this. I was like, "Zip!" Oh, I know the Rams aren't winning the NFC Championship. They will win Monday night. I'll give them that. They, I, I do, I do think that they will beat what the if Cardinals. They don't. Well, if they don't, then it's the it's the coronation for Kyle for for Kingsbury and and Murray, where now you have to take them seriously, and it's the next progression in that you know we we, we talk about teams taking steps. Cardinals win that game; that's a pretty big step. You know they, they yeah. win the division. Now they win a playoff game. Yeah, they're taking the steps, and everybody who said like Murray couldn't do it because of his size or whatnot. I mean, th- that game on Monday night is going to be unbelievable. I think that's an awesome, awesome football game. I just don't trust the coach at all. I just, Kingsbury, I don't trust. McVay owns that dude. Yeah, they won in LA once, but what, six and one straight up? McVay is against yeah. the Cardinals. <laughs> so yeah, I would be, I would be very concerned if I were a Cardinal fan. That's the <laughs> one team they did not want to play in the postseason. It's kind of like the Patriots and the Bills, right? Very How did similar they situation. Lose? How did the Cardinals lose yesterday? Um, because Russell Wilson, I mean, I took it in the circa at plus six and a half. And yeah. I, 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 I mean, it made sense. The play made yeah. sense, but they're supposed to win that game. Uh, yeah, they, they are, but it meant nothing. I mean, it didn't, you know, it didn't matter that they, they, they weren't trying hard. It was the same thing with the Patriots. Like Patriots cared in the second half. Wait, of the first them half. winning yesterday and the Rams losing wouldn't have flipped the division or, would um, I thought that that would have flipped it. No, they both lost. They won the division because they both lost. No, I know. So if that's what I'm saying, if the Cardinals so they, it win, didn't matter, Cardinals it, win, they would have won the game. They would have won it outright versus, for, for whatever reason, how they won it, because they won it with. Um, well, no, the Rams are the division winner, right? Oh, I thought the card. Okay, I mean, I'm wrong about that. I thought the Cardinals won the division. The Rams won the division. The Rams won the home game. Okay, so the game's in LA. I thought the game, I thought the game was in Arizona for a second. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. It, oh. So it would have been. I don't know. They both would have been twelve and. F- they both would have been. No, they would have both had. Uh, yeah, they both would have been twelve and five, right? Yeah, both. Of, they both would have been twelve and five. So then it would have gone to the division record, which the Cardinals would have won the division at four and two, and got the home game. And got the home game. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's bizarre. It's even worse. It's even worse for Arizona. The, the fact that they could have won the division, and they lost that. That's game what I Seattle. mean. Like they, yeah, yeah they, yep. they had it. Um, and again, like you start to wonder about like scoreboard watching and stuff because I've I literally I've been on the sideline. Of uh, I went to Steeler game against San Diego years ago, and the Steelers needed help. They were playing a Chargers team that was out. In the whole first half, they weren't really watching the scoreboard like a couple guys were looking up. But then the whole the third quarter started, and the team they needed to, to lose was winning. And you could tell the whole sideline. It was just like, all right, we're done. And yep. 
you know, maybe Arizona was like, oh, man, the Rams are up 17 nothing. Uh, you know, and then it was too late. Like they couldn't. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just thought that they had a home game against Seattle. All they had to do was win and at least give themselves a shot of hosting a playoff game. Because despite the fact that they're a better team on the road than at home, I think they want to play at home. Now they got to go to the Rams and play the Rams. And they got to be thinking, here we go again. I, I, I don't know. Mm, I'm with you there. I mean, I think that, that that's a that's a huge issue for them on the road against Los Angeles, a team that they don't beat anyway. But if they win that game, it's a big it's it, it's a big step forward. Before I, I do want to ask you about the games here in a second, but the Giants are keeping Joe Judge, which. Yeah might be the most insane thing. Dave Gettleman, the GM is retiring today yeah. from the giants. The Vikings have fired Mike Zimmer. They fired their GM. The dolphins have fired their head coach and Brian Flores, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are both out Chicago here so far. First reaction to Brian Flores getting fired. Where was that? What did, why? Um, I'm not surprised at all because when you have owners that expect instantaneous results, and don't really care. Who knows if they even watch the games, some of these guys. And they go, man, we gave this guy, what, three years? He didn't win. He got a losing record. Fire. I'll get somebody else. Or he's talking to Harbaugh. I mean, he's a Michigan guy. And no, he'd be, he, he made that comment this morning. He said somebody else will have to take Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. I'm not doing it. Really? He is a Michigan guy, but he, he said he's not taking Harbaugh from Michigan. I mean, he could have somebody else in line, but it's not Harbaugh. If you fire Brian Flores, you better have yep. Don Shula on call. You better have somebody that's going to rip like somebody that's already proven. You can't yeah. start over. Imagine if coaches like um, Mike Tomlin got fired after three years. What if what, it's, what, yeah. I mean, like well, Belichick, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's all, all Cleveland, of- Cleveland got rid of him, right? Guys get fired all the time without giving the time to develop. But my only critique and criticism of Flores was his handling of Tua last year. And I thought Ryan Fitzpatrick should have been the quarterback the entire time. But I blame that on on Stephen Ross. I didn't blame Tua for that or or Flores. I I blame the owner. That felt like an owner saying, you're going to play Tua. He's our guy. He's the guy we drafted ahead of Justin Herbert, by the way. But we're, we drafted him. He's our guy, and he needs to play because we have to justify the position and justify the drafting of this right. dude and giving him the money we did. And so like, that's why Ryan Fitzpatrick had to come in two times during the year and bail the kid out because he wasn't playing well. And I still don't think two is a very good quarterback right now. So now the new coach comes in. I'm assuming it's going to be an offensive-minded guy. Defense took a step back this year. It was supposed to be great. They lost a lot of talented veterans off that defense. Flores still had a pretty good run. You know, he won the vast majority of his games in the second half of the year. I think he only lost once after the midway point and beat the Patriots in the last game. Looked pretty good doing it. Team goes off, you know, with some momentum. And now they wake up this morning and Flores is fired. Boy, you're right. They better have somebody. I mean, they got to have someone in their pocket to do that. I mean, the other firings, you see what's going on. I mean, it's time, I guess, in Minnesota. It's just time. Yes. Obviously, Chicago, he lost control of the room a year ago. They, I mean, this is probably a year too late for, for, for what happened in Chicago. Um, if you're I Harbaugh, think, by the way, think about the leverage you have right now over Michigan. Oh, man. You've got them over a barrel. Like, Michigan oh. has to be like, son of a 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we oh. got to go. We got three jobs that he could go to because he could go to the Vikings. I could see him in Minnesota. He could go to the Dolphins. I could easily see him there. And then we know the Bears job makes perfect sense. It's, and then the Raider job is technically open as well. It's amazing. Yeah. He really picked the perfect time to go beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten <laughs> after taking that pay cut or whatever. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I Again, I don't like this day, but this day is an important day for a lot of franchises. I don't know what's going on with the Giants. Like I just, I, I have, I have no idea what's going on with the Giants. None whatsoever. So, I, I you keeping them? Okay, good luck. You, I mean, because you're starting over, over. Even he's there. I mean, like, what are you left with? You have nothing even to build off of. And now you're saying certain things in the media. I think he's lost the room. Going for it twice on that fourth down with the quarterback sneaks yesterday. Like I saw that highlight. That was the only thing that I saw from that game. And I was like, man, is he is he tanking on the way out here? Like, like, is he know he's fired? What is he doing? I don't know. That was the weirdest. Yeah. There, there, <laughs> there was some very weird things that happened yesterday. That was one of the weirdest ones. You're like, what in the hell man. are you actually doing? All right, before we get to tonight, because there is a monster football game That's tonight crazy. that we oh, have yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Any wild card game right now on the board that you would consider betting on Monday? Um, man, there's, I mean, like, do we got to worry about this COVID stuff? Like, of right? course, we okay. have, right? Uh, of course. I just um, mean from, from like a, a line moving perspective. Number, yeah. Is there? Is think- there like the Raiders? I love the Bengals this weekend. I just don't want it to go to seven. Uh, I don't think you got to worry about going to seven right away. I think okay. that's good. I think, yeah, you'll be fine there. Um, I think you might actually, I mean, like it put up four and a half pretty much for the Buffalo and new England started at four. Yeah. Now it's four and a half. Only two games have had real line movement bills from four to four and a half bucks from seven to eight and a half. I, I think we may already be at the top here with this Buffalo and new England one. I would agree. I think- I, I think if you want New England, like I would consider grabbing the four and a half um, right now. I got to, the weather is bad, but it's not bad enough yet. I need to see more. You looked ahead already? Oh, yeah. I, I, I tweeted at you with the, with, with the weather. I've been on shows. I haven't looked at Twitter. In yeah. So the weather forecast for Saturday is high of 20 degrees with snow showers and a wind of 10 to 15 miles per hour Ooh. at night. At night, the low will be 15 with the wind at about 15 to 20 miles per hour with a 50% chance of snow accumulation. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. But not, not good enough yet. I need a little, I need that wind to tick up a little bit more. Wind or snow? What do you want? More wind or wind? More? Screw. I don't care. Snow. Snow doesn't scary. Wind is what I want. Yeah. Give me, give me 20, 25. Give me some blustery conditions. Like <laughs> a little chilly and windy. Cold and windy is what I want. You give me cold and windy. I'm I'm interested. Oh boy. Plus four and a half, maybe just to play anyway. But I'm interested when the, if the weather is there, I'm interested. Otherwise, I'm not. Bardmore not getting a serious knee injury was gigantic for that offensive line, for the, that defensive line for the Patriots. So if he could play this weekend, it would be huge. He may not be hundred percent, but that's that's the guy who could stop the run, make them one dimensional. And then you hope Josh Allen shows up and throws Josh Allen type picks. 
I mean, they bet the Rams. I mean, I bet the Cardinals the first time in the Ram, at the Rams in this matchup. So I think and they won well, outright. If you put any, yeah, I mean, remember because that was six and it closed at four. So like you know, it was a no brainer. It's like all right, would that game close? Put it four. Um, I think they'd be looking to take the Cardinals again if anything more than four. So if you see a a, a more than four pop up, maybe grab that. The other lines make perfect sense to me. I mean. Tampa feels too high, but it needs to be because it's Philadelphia. So it has to be over a touchdown. You can't give Brady seven. Yeah. It has to be more. Um, San Francisco. Don't you think? Yeah. Don't you think that this number may go three and a half with San Fran and Dallas? <sighs> it might cross three, just given the public coming in and betting against the spread at home. All the numbers point to Dallas. I don't know. That's I, 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 the numbers three, and it's early to get off of three on this spot. It's going to be tough. I just don't sit in a room. You're like, man, do we got to do this again? Like, do we got to go to three now? Because this game could very well fall three. Really, fall yeah. three. This game could who, fall. Three. Who wins by three? Well, this. I mean, Dallas is favored, so Dallas can win this game by three. But this feels like a field goal game. I, I can't believe the total's 50. 50? Tie. Because Dallas, they score. And look, yeah. the, look well, the, the Cowboys that. defense, the Cowboys defense gives a big place. I so am, Samuel, little screen pass, zip. I mean, those plays are going to be there for this offense for the 49ers. And they can run the ball. And their running game is basically, I mean, you put Debo Samuel, a little toss sweep, and all of a sudden it's a 40-yard run. So yeah. I guess big play potential, but I'm surprised it's this high. I, I would have said like, you know, 47, 47 and a half. When I saw 50, I was like, whoa. I mean, they're, they got to put it all down. The jacked up. Under money. Well, all the games are jacked up. 49 for Raiders, Bengals, yeah. 49 Eagles, Bucks, 50 and a half Niners, Cowboys. It's gone up a half a point. Now it's 50 and a half, 46 and a half for Steelers Chiefs. That seems stupid high. 40s. <laughs> how are the, how the bleep are the Steelers scoring to have that game go over? Yeah. 46 and a half. We've done this a few times. Um, and we, you know, this season when we do the shows and stuff, Steelers team total under hundred <laughs> <Yeah>. percent. <laughs> yeah. If you 100%. get, if you get over 17, they ain't get more than 17 points. So if you see 17 and a half or 18 and a half in this game, it's under. Yeah. 50 and a half for the Rams and the Cardinals. I don't hate the 50 and a half there going over, but man, some of these are just, if the weather gets really nasty, that 43 and a half is going to close at like 39. And that game's going to plummet if the, if the weather's crap in Buffalo. You're right. You're right. So it will. If you want to anticipate, you know, it's already over the key number of 43. Like we talk about, right? 44, 43, 41 it's at 43 and a half right now. You come in on the under right now. If that weather forecast gets worse and worse and worse, we're going to see this go zoop down and you may get four or five CLV society type of type of value there <laughs> on, on that, on that, if you want to jump in on that. All right. So now it's time for tonight. And yep. th- this is Dave. I'm telling you, I have gone back and forth on this for, Days, days, days on this. Days. days, I have gone into the weeds. I have knocked and kicked over rocks. I'm trying to talk to anyone and everyone I have associated with in the SEC, saying, "What am I not seeing?" Yep, tell me about this, please. The Alabama side that people keep on coming back with on the Alabama side for this game, which is so curious to me, is they keep on using the same stats and the same talking points 
over and over again. And when I keep on hearing Saban versus assistant coaches, Mm -hmm. Saban in the championship game, Mm -hmm. and the fact that Bama won the game dramatically the last two times these two teams have played, Alabama has stomped Georgia. I keep on waiting for that number or that comment that I haven't heard yet about Alabama. Mm-hmm. Cause when everybody starts talking about the same narrative and the same points, mm-hmm. I get very, very suspicious. And that's where I am on this. And it's, we'll get better to book it here in a second, but that's why Georgia had a mulligan. We've never seen this before. They had a mulligan where it was like, yeah, we don't really need this. And Bama, you got to win this to get in. The motivational factor is completely flipped on this game. Georgia got embarrassed by Alabama. I are are you wearing the Bama hat? What? They were up 10 nothing. Who, Georgia? Yeah, Georgia was up again. Right. And then they got annihilated. Because they stopped, they didn't blitz. I keep on waiting. People say they didn't, they they rushed three and four and they played coverage. They thought they're secondary because they were up 10, nothing. They don't want to give up the big play. Yeah. And then they got killed. Yeah. Can't do that. Oh no. Can't do that. Coming after Bryce young tonight. They better. They better. They have to, they have to. It's a huge benefit to have that game under their belt. It's such a big benefit to have that, to have a fact that they can Kirby smart can go through and see what Bama has done. Because you know they're not doing the game plan for Cincinnati. They're going to look to throw the ball again. You would think so, but you don't know. I, I, I see it as two different ways. I mean, it can go that way. or, And I just noticed from like coaching and, and having the kids and stuff, when you play a certain team, it feels different. And like there was always a team from Utah called the Utah Freaks. We saw them from the time we were 12U. We would see them in the semifinals of tournaments all the time up in St. George down here in Vegas. We saw them in California one time. I said, I can't believe we're against these guys. So the coaches, we all knew each other. We couldn't beat that team. We were up. We we blew a four-run lead in the last inning. They won, they walked us off. It was terrible. And the kids knew when we were playing them, it was different. We tried, we tried different pitchers. We tried playing small ball. We tried everything we could. When things started to go downhill, no matter what we did, I'd call time, walk out to the mound. Everybody calm down. Everybody, you can feel it. That's the only thing that goes in my mind. You want something different? If Georgia gets up again, 7-0, 7-3, 10-3, and Bama scores consecutively to go up, what are they doing on that sideline? Uh-oh, here we go again. Here we go again. And they see a little bit of panic up in the press box in the offensive coordinator box. Better score. Curb, we got to get going. We got it. We can't. We, you got the defensive guys going. Listen, the, Ed Henry's adjusting over there. We got to blitz more. We got to send it from the outside. Like panic starts to happen. Georgia can go win this game 100%. But for me, until they do it, until they have the adversity and overcome it, I'm, I just can't just dump all in because I fell for it the first time. I thought Georgia was the better team. When you look at that front seven, that's the best unit on the field. Georgia's front seven. They can win this game. I just am tired of picking against Saban. Oh, I'm with you. I I mean, that's my point. This is so 
I, I've been talking about like my overall, how bad I've been in the NFL. So I won four units yesterday. Okay. So I made a big dent. A nice in, day right there. Yeah. So I, I knocked down and some of them futures cash too. Yeah. Yep. So I wound up going, well, I hedged as well. So I wound up going three and three, but then I hedged in overtime. I bet Pittsburgh on the money line oh. right before, right when OT started, because I had Steelers under eight and a half wins. I just came right. in and bet a full, I bet a full unit on the Steelers to win the game. And so I, I, I kind of washed, washed it out. That like that. out right. So I went three and two on my future bets. So I won money there. Um, so, so technically I won 4.8 units yesterday. So yeah. yeah. So that negative 12 or negative 13, sorry, that I was at now right. comes down to seven. Okay. So that's my NFL now going to the postseason. I'm up 12 units in college football. So I'm not interested in going crazy in this game. Okay. It's no. the championship game. So I want to make a play, but I'm not like betting, you know, five units on this game. And oh. going crazy. This is just a one unit. This, this is the same as last weekend from a championship game perspective on this. Right. Betting against Saban has been incredibly stupid. I would totally understand that. And I get everyone's point on that. So we'll go right into better to book it here. Yep. I laid the two and a half last night. Yep. All right. Taking Georgia because I think that game in Atlanta is huge for them to have film as to what they're trying to do. No Michi for this game for Alabama, and they can't run the ball the way they did against Cincinnati. And I think it all comes down to Stenson Bennett. That this is my entire bet is I need a kid who I don't trust to play the game of his life. Yeah. And I just think having a second crack, a second bite at the apple, 20 to 17, Georgia gets it done. Betting it or booking it? Booking it. I get a chance to get Saban. I'm taking Saban. How many times in the past, like, 20 years can I say that I was in a book needing Saban? Really? So you think the, wait, so you think the books are going to need Saban tonight? I think this is great two-way action. I think well, no, because yeah. all, all the bad guys, all everybody laid Georgia. I mean, yeah. everybody laid Georgia. The first but time the public is everyone's on Bama. Public's all over Alabama it's money. A little line. bit of both. Like, I think you're getting a lot of uh, you're getting a ton of two-way because the line ain't moving. But this is the sharpest line of the season. Just yeah. like the Super Bowl. Like for the people that are new to this, when you when you give the odds makers all this time. To, again, and we keep trying to, you know, tie in the beginning of the show. You make the best decisions you can with the most information you have at the time, and you live with the results. Everybody got all the information now. This <laughs> is what the line should have been the first time these two teams yeah. played four weeks ago, and it was three and a half, four, and everybody, you know, all the rhombuses, parallelograms, whatever you want to call them, they all bet Georgia the first time. Well, you know, Saban got there. Well, you, that's why Georgia's favored again. It's not because the books know anything or think that, you know, Georgia's going to win. They know what the guys are going to bet. So they made it a little bit lower. They did it again. Now, you know, you're getting the public money because Bama won the first game. You know, you got all the bad guys and the professional money on Georgia back and forth. Now, what happened over the weekend at a couple places, a couple books, bad guys showed up and bet Bama. The whole underlying part of what's going on with this line is the futures. You got so much money on these future positions. The problem is the Bama future was plus 150 to plus 280 or $3 for the majority of the year, except the week after they lost to Texas A&M. The price on Georgia started at 8 to 1. After they beat Clemson, went down to like 6 and 5. 
But there's a hell of a lot more exposure on Georgia. A hell of a lot. So they can't give you, they can't give you Bama money to buy out of that. They got to keep the line low on the Bama side because if you're holding the six to one ticket, you're going to just take Bama plus whatever and enjoy the game with a little bit of a sweat, but you make money. So this is a unique situation when you get to two favorites in the game. This don't always happen. It's a dream for the books, but you don't want to give away the decision. So you got to keep the line low. That's why it ain't moving. There's no need to move it. I think a lot well, it is moving. It is moving. It's two and a half, three. Two, it's bouncing back and forth. I mean, some books are at three. Yeah, very. It's th- it's painted three today. It's it's two and a half right now at FanDuel. That's the only place in the world it's two and a half. Win bet actually is two and a half right now, minus 15. So I I, I think it's awesome. I think the line's perfect. And, and, and um, I'm taking Saban if, in, in this situation. Would you, if you bet two and a half Georgia, would you take the plus money on Alabama money line? Bet them both? No. You can't win both. Well, you could bet more. I mean, you you could bet less oh, on Bama. This, this is you could be, bet like a. This is going to be an in-game dream. If Georgia gets up, I would take plus money on Bama plus two fifty. Yeah, something like that. I mean, they've proven time and time again, a couple of times, right, that they can come back and yeah. have done it. Just four weeks ago, we saw it. Let alone last year uh, against Kirby. So, could you, uh, I mean, if you get plus two fifty on those levels, you could bet a half a unit coming back, so you have a full unit on Georgia minus two and a half, and take Bama money line at plus, you know, two, two, whatever, two hundred, three hundred, whatever you get. Come back oh, on that. Yeah, see, yeah. So you, that's been my that's my plan on this is that to try to take plus money on Alabama at some point during the game. What if Bama gets out to a lead? Then I gotta just hope because I'm not gonna double down on Georgia. Then I, I just gotta say, would you buy some Georgia plus money? No, because it's not worth it. Because then if Bama loses, now I'm cutting into my profits. Like I mentioned, I don't. I'm not. I'm not looking to cut right. myself here and bleed for this one game. I'm not standing on a table for Georgia. Okay, I am perfectly comfortable with Alabama winning, and, and I hope that they do. I mean, I, a part of me, I look. I covered Alabama. I did not cover Georgia. I didn't have great experiences covering Georgia. Athens is an awesome town, but not awesome to go as a rival media member people say right now how do they feel going into this game they are ice cold silent this is this is the morning of temperature in the room does that mean they're they're scared of course they're scared it's not just it's a national championship game against georgia of course they're scared they're not cocky by any means they're taking on if this was a team not from the sec they would totally be like we're gonna kill them this is an sec team they're playing they know what they're going up against this is they're going into a bunker because if they lose every Georgia fan, they know it's going to dunk on them saying, have fun with that sec championship ring. We'll take the big boy. <laughs> so, and if they win, it's saving again, dominating again. Like my friend last night said, his daughter is going on a full ride scholarship to Alabama, right? If she, uh, if she tries out for the Bama, the Bama Rets, I think they're called or Bama Rets. He was like, it's kind of crazy to think that over her four years of being there, she will be at at least two national championship games. Wow. Isn't that that crazy to think about that? Like he is, is planning on the fact that if his daughter is part of the band that she, in, in her four years, starting next year at Alabama, that he plans on being in at least two national championship games. I mean, that's, it's, 
that's kind of uh, ambitious. I would but say. it's true. What, wait, why, why is it not true? Alabama proves it year in and year out that every other year, if they miss it, they're back the next year. Like they're going to be back <laughs> in the national championship game. Wow. It's they, this is their sport as what they look at it. This is Yankees, Red Sox, Patriots kind of all combined in terms of like the arrogance yeah. of like, yeah. what do we expect to have happen? Yeah. And yeah. when Saban retires, they don't know what the hell to do themselves because it will <laughs> stop. But right now this is a locomotive that is, barreling over this sport and makes it there look is easy. what he makes it look easy. That's for sure. I mean, like, I mean, they put in the work and they get, they get the kids and what's crazy. Like I was watching the, watching the highlight of the 2000 sec championship game between Georgia and Alabama and like both rosters. It's just like NFL, 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 it's incredible and not like role player NFL, oh. like starter, key component quarterback star left tackle running back wide out tight end like just down the board it's insane it is i i believe me i've been in the books for years need the dog and like trying to make a case for the dog against bama in the game for a number of times and it's just like uh i just can't believe it's the last college football game like we have this the, the abyss it's looking this way. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. It's, 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 it's at that college basketball a little while. Thomas says, I want to sit with Dave during a game. You know, we've talked about that, Dave, actually, where people, we, we, we may actually do that on a contest so, so someone could sit and watch a game with you and, and watch your in game and how to oh, get your man. tips on betting in game. And we had a we blast. It was just, it, it's fun. We might do a Twitter spaces on that. I was talking about that with somebody like for the playoffs. Maybe we'll be either on or doing something like that. And at some point, maybe we'll. Last night was, I mean, the, well, our Twitter spaces last night for the for the Raiders game was extremely well received. I got a bunch of cool emails and or, or uh, text messages and DMs from people going like, "That was fun." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, we so. could do that for, uh, again, even before a game, but like during a game or right. like a, a quick halftime one or something. Um, the instantaneous results that you get while you're watching the games and watching the lines, um, it's fun. All right, so totals 52 and a half. I'm not playing totals, but if you were to play a total, Matthew, which way would you play this one? Under. I said 2017 Georgia. I'm way under. I think this game goes way under. So what do you like more? If Georgia wins, it's got to be under. I I, I think if you like Georgia, you got to like under. Georgia ain't winning no shootout. Bama to win under or over? How does Bama win this game? And now, granted, it went over. We already saw it four weeks ago, but is that the only way they win this game or they can win an under game too? They can win under game too. They can win them both. I mean, I can see that they can win both because they're built to win both. Correct. That's so they can, they can win both. I mean, Bama's team total is 25 and a half. Georgia's team total is 27 and a half, yeah. which is dumb because the, the line's two and a half. So... Here we are again with the team totals not matching what the line is. Wait a second. Say that again. Whose team total was what? Georgia's 27 and a half. Georgia. In Alabama, in Georgia. In Alabama is 25 and a half. Two the points. line's two and, two and a half. Yeah. These half points, sometimes they forget to move that stuff on the team total. You're right. But that matters. It does matter. 100%. That point matters whether I win or lose a bet. That matters. 100%, 100% matters. But I agree with you. So I think under. But again. This is one of those things where 
Go look at the history of the championship game. It goes over every single year. It don't matter. The only game that went under the total was 76 and a half. <laughs> you know, and it went under like I think 72 or something. Like is that refereeing? Is that because of how they call the game? They don't call anything, so it's crazy. So like you see, you know, more catastrophic flags. They aren't as consistent, but you get that huge hold or that huge pass interference in a pig and it leads to touchdowns. In college, though, they're only 15 yards or just spot five. Right. So, but I mean, does it just like are they not call, are they only calling the egregious stuff? No. So like they as often linemen, you hold more and it depends. I think what where you get the crew from. In an SEC game, it's the fastest game that a lot of these guys might see. This, right. And this is an NFL game. This guy's oh, game. Yes, true. A yeah. lot of NFL talent on his field. And I think you see it over-officiated sometimes. It's very frustrating. The game's long enough. We got this big halftime thing. This game takes forever. On a Monday night, it was just used to drive me crazy doing the game. You know, I tell Jess that, listen, I ain't going to be home tonight put the kids in bed like it's going to take a long when a game starts at six or what i'm like yeah i know it's going to be a long game i'm just telling you yeah <laughs> so five o'clock start pacific eight o'clock eastern it's going to take the game last night the game last night ended i think uh 9 30 our time right so I eastern. phone I, I was a basket case i was pacing back and forth i was going to come home and i'm like i live Six minutes away from the book at Santa Fe, and I couldn't get in the car because I'm like, I'm going to miss something. I know, wait, the game's going overtime. Now I can't leave. And I didn't, my phone was dead, so nobody could get a hold of me and all this other stuff. I had no juice. Uh I paid for that this morning. How do you Uh not have a charger? I didn't Uh have a charger. I didn't know. The game took forever. I didn't think I was going to be there that long. (laughs) I like the under tonight. And again, it's the lowest total. Of a championship game, I think in the last like ten years. Wow! Oh my no, the totals in the fifties. It's usually sixties. It's fifty-two. It's so low, and it makes me feel like okay, I actually feel better about that because I've been the business and a book guy. And I think you're thinking right. Both teams can win a game under. I think it means more for Georgia to win a game under than it does Bama. But I think under is the only way I would play this thing. Yeah, I I lean under. I mean, I I lean way under on this, but I you know, Bama's got that quick strike ability. And Georgia frankly does too. I mean, Georgia yeah. can put points up last Michigan. I mean, they can put points up fast as well. So that's my that's my hesitancy on it is just like Georgia by 3 and I'm good. And like I don't like Georgia minus 3, I like Georgia minus 2 and a half. So I think that that's and we've seen the resistance come in when the number gets to 3, Bama money pours in. Oh, so no. That's that's the number that the books are seeing. The professionals come in, and so that's why I'm taking the two and a half. But I don't know about the total. It's just I I can't I can't get into it. So so you're taking Bama. They don't want this to fall. Georgia minus three. I can tell you that right now. That's what they that do. hurts because that's a refund plus it's all the future money on Georgia, right? It's all the future money on Georgia. It's all the two and a halfs on Georgia, and it's give everybody back the money on Bama plus three. <laughs> Like it's it, it, and Georgia minus three. Like you, the last thing you want on a game like this, I think this would be the biggest handle college football ever. ever because we yes. have so many markets now with reportable numbers. So obviously we'll have more reports. And Did just, you see that by the way on New York? That New York 
in their opening weekend is expecting is, is expected to generate more tax revenue for the state than New Jersey in their first year. Yeah. Yeah. In their first weekend. That's well, like a lot of people live in New York and the tax rate is five, 50. 10 50. times, 10 times. Yes. 10%. I don't know, 8% on mobile or something. It's cheaper. Yeah, it's, 8%, they, it's under 10% in New Jersey. I think it's five on retail, 8% mobile, and then 51% in New York. Yeah, five times, six times almost, seven to six and a half times the amount. And <laughs> how busy it was. And they can't write off. The other thing is they can't, all the bonuses, all like, I mean, Caesars yeah. ran, Caesars ran a $300 sign-up bonus and a $3,000 sign-up match. Deposit match. Absurd. Three. They gave you 300 and then they matched you up to three grand. So you got $3,300 for signing up for a Caesars account. With one or two times rollover. Yes. It was a a beautiful thing about New Jersey that I did not because I kept on asking people about that. Like, you know, the rollover, the rollover. They're like, yeah, no, it's once. You bet it once and you can pull it out. Like, what? It's. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. It's a battle. Offshore was like offshore was what five times, six times rollover. We thought three was fair. Yeah, and and now you know. I mean, some books are five, ten, twenty times rollover. We'll give you that money, but you got to play. You know, give us a shot. Now there's no there's no more of that. One time, one time rollover. Bet it, win it. Sure, you went out. Peace out. A little harder getting the money. A little bit harder getting the money. That's a whole nother. You can still get it though. I mean, it, it, it. it's a pain in the ass, but you, you still yeah. get it. You just got to push to get it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Favorite thing about today. I could have done a five hour show today. I, I have so much more. Oh, like, I know. I, I have like eight things. I have like eight things we didn't talk about today. I know. Um, Favorite thing about today. All right. So, you know, I call the house an ocean of estrogen, right? I have a wife. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 real quick. Just before we move off of Bama. TJ, my Bama friend, is watching on Facebook, and he wants us to. He said, uh, "He's he said he's questioning my line, saying that I need Stetson Benson. I need a walk on to go in and play the game of his life. So he's questioning my Stetson Bennett thing. <laughs> and then, and he said, remember what the Wall Street Journal called this game, the Saban Football Invitational. So to give you an, to give you an idea where the Bama fans are, there's there's where the, there's where the Bama fans are." Yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Right there. Anyway, sorry. The White estrogen comment. Yes, continue. So, with ocean of estrogen. I call the house up here in the Hamptons that I nicknamed it. I got a wife, three daughters. I coach the girls' softball teams from the time they've been little. I love it. I love it all. The New York Yankees hired a woman to be their manager of their single A Tampa affiliate, the Tampa Yankees. Short she season. Played- yeah. She played softball. She's a kid from Nebraska. Um, she ended up going to Creighton and then transferring to New Mexico, University of New Mexico, finished out her career, got her master's, used softball to go to school, got her master's, went to the Netherlands to get a, uh, either a doctorate degree or second degree and started coaching baseball. So one of the coolest things like, you know, and, and I have a thread with my daughters, just like I have with you. I text everybody. If you get my number, I love to text and talk, whatever. I sent them a thing this morning. I said, anything is possible. I said, there's a girl 
managing baseball in a major leagues level. So just what, like for me, that was the best thing. The better way of saying it in professional baseball. In professional baseball, in major leagues, major leagues, it's the MLB. So right, yeah, yeah, professional, it, professional, professional baseball. baseball, and it's cool to see somebody have a shot like that. And and when you have daughters, you're always looking for them to sure. break barriers, give them goals and things like that, because anything is possible. And you want to believe that all the time, and you know sometimes it's not as just as a dad, as a human being. It's just you know sometimes opportunities don't present themselves. So for me, that was my favorite thing about today. Yeah, I sent you that uh, that I don't know if get just to watch it or not, but the picture, the pitcher in Australia, the female pitcher in Australia. I sent that to them over the weekend. She's I pitching said, in professional baseball in Australia, like straight yeah. up, like she's a professional pitcher. <laughs> so of the six curveball, she's a left pitcher. Yeah, and then she, I, the highlight that you sent and saw, I was like, "Whoa, I'd have to teach Kelsey how to do that." But I, I think Kelsey could actually be an unbelievable pitcher. Yeah, I would be. I mean, it's, it's the one spot, man. It's especially in the American league where you don't get a bat. You can throw. You oh can yeah. Do it. You can, yeah. you can do it. You can come up and, and it's 88 miles, lefty, 88 miles per hour. There's the goal. That's how you get to the big leagues. Throw lefty, throw 88 in your end. Gotta have your <laughs> Gotta be. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or be like my guy, Pat Vendetti, who's a ambidextrous who can throw with both hands. So. That I can't was, wait to see that in person again. Oh, I've known him since he was, I've known him since he was a freshman in high school. I mean, sorry, freshman in college. Really? I've known Pat. Oh yeah. I know Pat's father. I know I, I watched him for years and years and years and years. And I have, I mean, we text, I've known Pat Vendetti for, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about first time I saw it. I was like, what the hell? And Cause his father's the one that built the glove. So his father would like go in depth because I was the Creighton guy in, oh, in, in, in okay. media. So he would go into depth, like how the glove was made, the way he did it. And then I'm like, now I'm watching like MLB Network and they're doing all this special. And I'm like, I've heard this story years ago. Like I've known this thing personally for a really right. long time. So yeah, that's, he taught him how to throw with both hands, which is absolutely insane. And he had a nice little, I mean, I think he's still bouncing around in the minors and AAA and coming up once in a while and, you know, still, still making money playing baseball a decade or so later. So uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He's got two kids married. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a cool gig. Uh, for me, it's just, we have a, we have a football game on Monday night. It's the championship game. This is always such a fun, fun time. I love making food for this game. And so I'm making a spread tonight for the game. Oh, are you? Yeah. I haven't decided. I, I, I may be doing wings, Smoker? but I'm mean, sorry. What? Smoker? Maybe. I, I may be smoking ribs. I'm definitely doing I'm definitely doing wings. So I've got two pounds of wings to go. Boy. I'll probably, I may go grab some ribs and, and, and try to smoke them for a couple of hours fast. And, and I may do some smoke wings. I may do that. It's like a whole, this is, this is my touch of the South that gets going for this game. So <laughs> I, I, I hearken back to my time of, I mean, I, I'm serious. At some point you and I are going, you'll meet TJ and we're going to dreamland in Tuscaloosa. I you can't wait. You have got to experience one Alabama game, but two I can't Tuscaloosa, wait. Tuscaloosa Dreamland on a game day is something to behold. It's just, it is an experience. It's a religious experience at a lot of levels. It touched off my love of barbecue in a weird, crazy way. And TJ, I never forget, like I look at TJ, like, why is there a cop at the door? He's like, because it gets really crazy here. I'm like, what? <laughs> How is there a cop at the door when you walk in? That's my kind of place right there. Oh, yeah. like the cop, you, have to, you have to worry about that. 65 years uh, on the same grill. They always say like they haven't, haven't cleaned it. It's like the same smoker, same grill. They leave all the seasoning on there and it's, 
Yeah. So TJ, TJ sends me once a year, he'll send me this gigantic box of all Alabama barbecue sauces and the dreamland drum is like this gallon drum of oh, dreamland wow. barbecue. Huh. Yeah. It's good stuff. I like spicy. So yep. it's, it's some good damn stuff. So I, enjoy have, the game. I, I was scrambling. And the reason why I was late too, is I was trying to find my, my bomber jacket. I'm going to find one of them bomber jackets. Like Saban got off the plane. Did you see oh, that? Boy. Leather jacket? Yes. Of course. Yeah. I, I'm going to find one of those. I hate when he's smiling, by the way, that scares the living. Did, did what Saban is? Watch, watch the pregame interview. If Nick Saban is smiling during the pregame oh, interview, I'm in deep trouble. Georgia minus two and a half. Me too. He got off that plane. I was thinking that. What is he smiling at? He knows something. I don't know. I always say I no prefer douche, pissed but- off Saban. I always prefer he was smiling before Cincinnati. He was all in good, good spirits talking with, with all the reporters and joking around. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm on Cincy plus 14. This is not good. So now here I am fading Saban again. Laying I points, a, by the way, you're laying points, just so you know. I, I, I took the point. Yeah, I took 14 loss. Now I'm laying points. You're laying points. I, I have his book over there in the corner, his Saban book on his coaching career. So it is crazy. When you read books on Saban and Belichick, how similar the two guys are. Oh, it's crazy. Have you ever seen yeah. that, that the uh, NFL network thing where they were together? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just it's just their paths in their lives in like right. It's just, it's very it's it's just crazy. They're on the same staff together in Cleveland. It's just it's very interesting the whole the way the world of football has gone. Where now they you know Mac Jones is his core. You know he pulls Mac Jones out of Florida. And now he's a quarterback for the Patriots, and it's just it's a whole kind of wild thing. <laughs> All right, guys, make sure you subscribe to at Boston versus the book on. Twitter. Excuse me. On Twitter, that's where we get our Twitter spaces. Uh, we'll do those consistently throughout the playoffs here. Coming up, subscribe to the Props YouTube channel so you always know when we're going live here for the program. And then also make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe as well if you could. That helps us out to keep the algorithms going in the right direction for the Boston Bostonian versus the book. What's that? Up, upwards. Up. We're going upwards. The rocket ship. Yeah, get on, get on board. Rocket ship going up. Here we go. I need Georgia minus to win by three. We'll recap it all tomorrow here on the Tuesday edition of the Bostonian versus the book.